0: Hi there, I'm Jason McMaster. Welcome to this week's episode of Lame Thrower. It's around the middle of December, and we're throwing so much lame that it doesn't even matter. This is like a July amount of lame we're throwing. Uh, with me this week, I once again have Nick Johnston, uh, Bay Area expert on everything. And uh, Zach Lazar, who is a full-time sports better, uh, part-time peanut man. <laughs> That's me. And, My uh, song. and we're here this week to talk about some stuff. So let's talk about some stuff. So, the stuff is Nick has been playing Harvestella. Why don't you tell us about Harvestella and why it sounds like a weird a heavy metal featurette?
1: Well, there is no heavy metal so far in Harvestella. But so Harvestella is a, uh, I would say primarily a Switch RPG uh, mm-hmm. by Square Enix. That's also, it also has a Steam release where you are a sort of unknown protagonist who wakes up in this fog that they call the Quietus. And the Quietus is just this miasma that will uh, kill anybody that is left out in it for too long and it usually rolls in in the evening for a particular season. But uh, sure. you, you wake up in it, and a doctor finds you, and you are okay, except you don't have a memory. So perfect conceit to a JRPG. They, oh. they drag you back to this town. They're like... Has anybody ever done that before? I think this is a first, and I'm glad <laughs> wow. Square Enix was uh, brave enough to That's, do it. They're very brave,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: They, uh, they drag you back to town, and... They're like, well, we just have an extra house for you. Live in this house, and yeah, you're going to have to start paying bills, so you should start farming as well. Grow Uh, some turnips. Yeah, well, you start off growing growing grass. You grow some carrots and cabbage. That's what I'm talking (laughs) about. Yeah, uh, can't smoke it yet, but I'm not that far in the game, so we'll see where it uh, it takes me. But they just introduce you to some very simple farming mechanics. You wake up at 6 a.m., which is a normal time for p- people to wake up, I'm told. You, uh, and then you can just sort of move around the map. I wouldn't know. You can just sort of move around the map uh, as you please. Early on, it's a lot of uh, just you plow, you plant, you reap, and then you sell off your your vegetables for a little bit of money. You can also start exploring the uh, the world around you. A uh, a sort of crystal meteorite fell from the from the sky, and so. You're, you're I mean, kinda... of course
0: it did. It's Final Fantasy, right? Everything's a crystal.
1: Yeah, it's, this this has a lot of a lot of crystal elements, uh, and there's some there's some four elemental combat system it starts to bring into play. But it's uh, I've not played a sort of farming simulator game like this, or uh, you know, any game that really involves farming. So I haven't done uh, Harvest Moon. I haven't done the other big one, Stardew Valley. Uh, so I'm not really used to this managing kind of like your homestead, your life, your farm, right. while, you know, having to go out and progress the storyline, whether it's through combat or solving quests for the villagers. And early on, that was a little stressful for me because I would wake up at six and it's like, I need to plant all these crops. You know, you, you till you plant you water you harvest you sell and for a while that was taking up kind of the the majority of the in-game time uh because if you're not home by eight p like i think it's like 8 p.m or 9 p.m they say after dark the fog's uh, rolling in baby the quietest rolls in and it just kills you and then you wake up uh and so the getting killed in the game whether it's in combat or from the isn't that bad you just get sort of set back to your home the doctor comes by and says wow i found you outside again uh i'm charging you 250 i think it's called Gilla. it's Gilla or grilla it might be grilla we're charging you 250 the, grilla. <laughs> I, I, the reason i remember it's grilla because it rhymes with scrilla and that is just a great currency name so the uh which is a lot early on, but is not a lot of money sort of once you get going like ten or fifteen hours. Uh which which I really liked because it was a lot of like stress early on about, you know, trekking out away from your house and then having to make it back in a certain period of time. And it wasn't clear to me, uh, what that would do because early on you only save by sleeping at nights. So there was no mechanic explained, like, oh, if you go out and die from the quietest, do I just lose a day worth of progress? So I was like very aggressively coming home, coming back to bed a little early to make sure I didn't lose that. And then it turned out it's like, well, you lose a, a good chunk of money for uh, for a starting character, but the the downsides aren't that bad. It's very forgiving in that way. And yeah, uh, it's people are mm-hmm. saying it's like a very combat focused harvest moon but for me i'm treating it like a very farming focused final fantasy i I do enjoy sort of expanding out my my homestead it's because it's it's more than just crops you get uh pins for uh for animals you can also get into cooking which is what i'm doing right now so i have like a little cooking in a video game i've got a little uber eats going where i just go home i I I do a harvest, I do some cooking, I do some begging, and then I sell that out to the people in the town to make a bunch of money. And that's how I'm sort of farming my my exploration. And so you can take all this money and just like you'd expect, you can build up your farm, you can build up your, your cooking supplies, you can eventually start to automate some things. And then you can also take that money and you can enhance your gear and you can buy some sort of you know, better potions, better buffs for when you go out into the into the world and actually do the combat portions. The uh, the combat portions are pretty. Uh, the system's pretty pretty simple, at least what I've unlocked so far. You are you can equip a a character class, and you can have huh. sort of one of you can have one of three active at any point in time, but three equipped, and all the ones equipped will. Sort of earn class XP. You can only use the uh, the, the active one for for skills uh, and other abilities. Like the swords, the the swordsman class, you have like a really powerful ability that's on a this on a co- like a timer cooldown uh, that just does a giant swing for a bunch of damage, and that's great. And then if you have the uh, the magic class, you can just do a, a giant bolt of lightning, and so you can sort of swap between them in battle but it takes it takes a long time to do and the cooldowns are somewhat tied together so it's not like you can do one class's ability and then another one's like sort of back to back by by swapping through them so there's no real reason to aggressively swap them except you're like walking around in a field you you see an enemy and then you're like oh you know uh I don't have any electric magic to deal with this. So I'm going to swap to maybe your, your monk class where you can do an electric punch, uh, mm. sort of electric more,
0: fucking monks, man. I tell you.
1: Yeah. So it's more, uh, it's more sort of walking up to somebody in a, a field and doing um, like a more thoughtful, uh, a thoughtful, a thoughtful class selection to, to counter to, to deal with whatever enemies you would come across then it is right. uh, like spamming between these abilities. And uh, the open world isn't just fighting either. Uh, you'll be exploring an environment and there'll be like a, a broken ladder. And so right. you, early on, you can walk up to it and you can sort of fix a ladder for free. It says, this is going to take 10 minutes. So everything you're doing is sort of progressing this this clock throughout the day. Whether right. you're you're walking, you're interacting with your crops, with the people in the town, in battles, or doing these sort of uh, like fixing, constructing bridges, anything in the real world to sort of progress further. Right. So it's uh, I, like I said early on, like dealing with that, that sort of time management was more stressful for me because I was trying to get everything I could out of the day. It wasn't clear, uh, like if it was like a persona type situation where you need to. Find out why this fire is burning in fourteen days, or it's game over, something like that. Uh, but I, but just playing it longer and not sort of not dealing with those things either because I forgot about them or I got sidetracked. Um, right. I, I've not seen any. There's like no real time pressure. <laughs> there's the the the, the there's except
0: like, for money, I'm sure on growing your crops, etc.
1: Yeah. So there's some pressure in, in money and like. Early on, you get some seeds, you plant them, you sell the, you you sell what's grown out of it, whether it's like I said, grass or cabbage or, or cucumbers or whatever, and you throw them in, you throw them in at like a for sale box, and the next day it's just like you have, here's some more money, and then you, right, you can sort of always boot, bootstrap yourself up for more. Like you can just buy like the cheapest grass seed, and you always come out positive from selling that. Uh, unless you got killed in the Quietus or in combat, and then the doctor charges you a bunch of money. That
0: son of a bitch. Yeah.
1: But also you can, uh, you can sort of come across better and better seeds the, the deeper into the map you explore. So I, I got to a point when I wasn't even buying seeds from, from the store for like three or four days. Because I just was out fighting things, exploring, gathering random stuff that they drop, random stuff from the environment. And I just happen to have like 30, 40 cabbage seeds on me. And right now, just to give a sort of comparison, my crop growing area is maybe about like fifteen or sixteen squares. So that mm-hmm. is that is like two and a half days worth of uh worth of crops just from that particular outing. From exploration, yeah.
0: Like, how does that work? Do you um do you till your own fields, or do you have a specific place?
1: so uh i only have one sort of area unlocks but it's right outside your house and there's just a uh, a particular like area that's fenced off with some giant rocks in it and that's the only place i can plant crops right now i think that changes later okay yeah but you don't do you do you till it yourself so yeah you uh You till it. And as far as I can tell, tilling is something you really only do uh, occasionally. Uh, So you till to make it plantable and then you can plant the seed and then you have to water your crops every day. Except I think I'm getting to the point where uh, I'm getting I'm getting like actual weather in the game. So if it rains, you don't have to water your crops. Right. Uh, That's nice. Some crops don't need to be watered every day. Some of the more hardy ones. But uh, yeah, otherwise you're, you're waking up, you're tilling any new area you have or any area you've sort of not planted on for a while. You drop your seeds, you water them, and that's, that's kind of the end of the, so, the plant like the, the farming story.
0: So if it's uh, let's say uh, you, do you have an energy meter or is it just time? Uh,
1: I'm sure you have health. So yeah, you, uh, you have health. And you have—I'm pretty sure you just have uh, time. So there's an energy okay. meter. Usually, I don't think I've come in across games,
2: One of like the the things that like makes this game is you have a limited amount of energy, so you can't right. just like get up at six in the morning and just like farm all day long nonstop. There's that kind of stopgap built into the game where um, you can only do so many actions, and then as the game goes on, you usually find a way to like increase your energy bar.
1: Well, so they're right. There is something, there is like a a hunger, there is a hunger component. So if you go get up and you like farm a whole bunch, you fried a whole bunch, you can, you can go hungry, Mm -hmm. but there's, Mm -hmm. I've not seen a mechanical downside to being hungry. Like if I, sometimes I don't eat during a course of, of playing a day and I don't notice moving slower. I don't notice combat being affected I know if you are hungry you don't regain health. Interesting. Uh, but but it seems to be like very like very light in whatever that hunger mechanic is affecting. Maybe that maybe that there's more later on that will actually affect it, or there's something happening that I just don't notice. But I figure it's just a sort of red blinking thing on my screen. It doesn't prevent me from farming. It doesn't prevent me from killing more monsters right so mechanically i just ignore it right now <laughs> but there i guess there is something yeah
2: um can i ask how punishing is it as far as like growing your crops like you said like there if it rains you don't have to water them what happens if it's a, a crop that needs to be watered but you miss like one or two days in a row does the in some games that will like kill the plant and other ones it will just like pause the growth of it until you water it
0: right yeah it just kind of takes a day longer or whatever if you miss a day yeah
1: i so i've i've been very like fastidious in how i've handled my my farm and i've not missed a day and i've not missed a square have any of your crops
2: died at any point or do they all just eventually get to the point where you can harvest them
1: they so each each particular crop has a has a set time that it needs to grow Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, it's it's always it's always been like so one like one carrot will grow like we will harvest to one carrot one carrot seed will harvest to one carrot. Mm-hmm. I've I've never had them not harvest to a carrot, and I've never had like a crop fail. So uh, yeah, I don't know what happens if you don't water it, but also it doesn't look like there's any RNG in it happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I've
1: not woken up one day and then I've gone oh like there's a blight. Uh, Or, oh, you know, just carrots didn't do well this season. Uh,
2: And then do you have, like, skills? Like, do you have, like, a farming, like, stat that can improve over time?
1: I do have a bunch of stats. I know they go up. (laughs) I I mean, it's weird. So I I know they go up if I spend a bunch of time, like, uh, on the farm or if I go out and beat up a bunch of enemies but right now there's not real any skill per se to farming like it's not like if i if i increase some stat i can plow any faster or if i increase some stat i can i can water more things or i yield better crops i see so i mean it sounds pretty
0: much like a straightforward farming game that part of it how big is the outside world
1: I, so I've been playing maybe 12, 14 hours. And like I said, I've spent sort of a lot of time slowly planting stuff on the farm. I've only been to my farm, uh, the sort of hub city or hub village where I've been interacting with villagers, doing upgrades, stuff like that. I have gone to the, the sort of big open area to the north that I only partially explored because it was blocked by mechanics I can't use yet and some, like, powerful enemies that are highlighted in red that they just tell you don't, don't go near those for a while because they're too strong. But it looks like there's maybe kind of five dungeons, at least right now, and I've been to one and a half of them. Mm. I'm I'm hoping that I'm just sort of seeing a very small, like subsection of that. Uh, so, but I don't. Is know. it a
0: relationship? Is there any relationship management stuff? Are you trying to get married? Are you like making friends?
1: No, uh, I mean, so there's no real like progressing of relationships. Uh, you do you do meet somebody who who falls out of a crystal, <laughs> and <laughs> she doesn't exactly know how she got there, and she's trying to get oh, home yeah. and like, that's part of the story is like, Hey, who is she? How do we get her home? Is, you know, does this really make sense for what she's telling us? Uh, but that's just more just this like built in JRPG story. I'm not like spending an afternoon talking with her. We're not becoming better friends over plowing the field. Right. Uh, that's I mean, how Sonic the that.
2: Hedgehog met that human girl. She just popped out of the sky just for, yeah, for, for reference. <laughs>
0: I mean it happens sometimes, I mean, I know nobody wants to talk about it, but man, it it's happens how, it's how Jason found his wife exactly that's how a lot of people do from what I understand <laughs> um so yeah, I mean a mystery girl uh but so there's not like there's not a lot of it, i guess,
1: yeah, so i mean there uh, there's the the built in story of. Going around and you, you interact with like the kids in the in the village and the the doctor yeah. who does more who than just charge you money. You the out. shit out of you. Yeah, this is this is not Medicare for all in the uh, in the Harvestella world for sure. Sure, but I, yeah. So I mean, despite it not having sort of the persona stuff that I love in in JRPGs, uh, it's it's got combat that is. I think, well-paced, I'm starting to unlock some more abilities, and that's making the the actual fighting a bit more interesting. And I'm just sort of having fun exploring this farming mechanic, which I don't really get to interact with much in in games, in the games that I play. Uh, Yeah.
2: did you finish the game sorry if if you if you mentioned oh that.
1: no i'm i'm about 12 hours in
2: oh yeah so you said you're one and a half dungeons in
1: they uh yeah so they I, I once you do the first dungeon it's like oh you should go do these other three dungeons to unlock three similar other things than you know what you just did so it, it's unclear what happens after that but it seems like probably four to five areas is the scope of the game
2: I'm interested to hearing, um, when you finish this, if it makes you more inclined to play something like a Harvest Moon, um, or even, I think there's, there's another one that's like, it's adjacent to Harvest Moon that is also slightly RPG, like a little bit more RPG. It's kind of like the factory.
1: Yeah. 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 I've, I've, so I've like seen Rune Factories and that might be the the closest entry point for me after this, Mm -hmm. uh, and I even at one point, Jason's like, "We should get a Stardew Stardew server going."
0: Yeah, I still think so. Yeah,
1: and yeah, it, I think just kind of how, kind of how like the middle and end game with this goes really is gonna determine how much of that I'm I'm okay with, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, honestly, if if it's how just much like, farming oh, can just, I tolerate? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it could be that uh, however many like forty to sixty hours of harvest still. I'm like, you know what? That's uh, that's all the farming um, I need. But but right now I'm having fun with it and yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Nick's more of a hunter-gatherer type person. See I, I like to farm.
0: That's my thing in those games. I like the farming part. That's why I suggested multiplayer, you know? So I could just farm and you can, people can go do whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I,
1: I think a game like Harvestella that was multiplayer would be like great. Like if you imagine like maybe like a Crystal Chronicles. Right, but uh, you you have a base and you're doing farming stuff like that. I think that could be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like it. it's pretty sounds cool.
1: But yeah, still pretty early in it. I would say uh, I've unlocked a bunch, but there's still I still see a lot of things I can unlock around the house and repair in town. So it's pretty obvious there's a at least a lot to do, even if there's not necessarily a lot of depth. Uh, but I'm but I'm having fun and I'm looking forward to sort of plowing through this over the next couple weeks, pun intended.
2: Ha, 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 ha. I said, oh, ha, ha 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 ha. Ha 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 There, ha. Ha, ha,
0: ha. there it is. Yes. Don't
2: uh, worry. I saw Jason launch Midnight Suns and <laughs> a couple of times while you were talking, Nick.
0: No, it's, um, <laughs> so no, He's very invested there's, in there's, what you're saying. There's a, no, there's, there's a reason for that. Um, I, uh, Okay, so you do like Harvestella, though. Yeah, there's a reason for it. The reason is he doesn't care about what you're talking about. (laughs) That's not true.
1: It's fine. It's a Nintendo Switch game, so exactly two people enjoy it, right? That's right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, the Switch is horrible. No one likes that. Uh, I think they only sold two copies. Um, No, it it sounds like an interesting game. It sounds like something I would like, but it's just, I don't know. Like I said, at the price point, I'm not... I've still got Stardew Valley, you know.
1: So yeah, it's uh it is a Switch game. It's also available on, on Steam. I'm like so I'm enjoying it. I'm not sure if I'm in, I'm loving it enough to say go out and buy this today at sixty dollars, but uh I am saying add it to your wish list and maybe pick it up on a on a good sale.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's what I kinda plan on doing. Um it looks uh it's like a good sale game. Um, all right, well, Zach, I know, uh, thank you, Nick, for Harvestella talking and dancing and farming. I'm doing my part. I know you are. It's just like Starship Troopers. Um, Zach, I know that, uh, and I've played a little bit of this, but you've been playing the new Squanch Games game, High on Life, right? Yes, Justin Orland's Game Company. Absolutely. (laughs) You play like five seconds of this game and you, you would know. Oh, you know right away.
2: I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, you sure played enough. the tutorial, right, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Which it, it throws you right into the tutorial is a game where you're like almost like a Duke Nukem guy. But the guy who's leading the <laughs> tutorial is your your divorce attorney. And every time he speaks to you, he says, hey, it's me, your divorce attorney. Every single time. Like he will like, we'll yeah. get done telling you a tip. He'll like bloop out of the screen for like five seconds. And he'll be like, hey, it's me. It's your divorce attorney again. so that kind of it really does do a good job setting the stage for what's to come um oh yeah and so it's it's an fps that focuses on the kind of the main thing is that these aliens have come and they are basically using humans they're trafficking humans as if they are like some exotic drug that the aliens these get off by i think it's snorting humans or I'm, i'm imagining there's all sorts of different ways they could get high off of humans Um, And that kind of throws you into this is that in the midst of it, you find a talking gun and this talking gun is going to take you on, on your journey to, to save humanity. Um, And you're also, it's framed as if you're a bounty hunter, um, which, you know, plays a little bit into the structure of the game. It is, um, once you get into it, you have all these different people that you need to pick off for one reason or another. And each one is within its own self-contained level. And it's good. The FPS gameplay—it's kind of basic. You get, you slowly get new guns, and they all talk. It's really good, but the mechanics are like pretty light. Each gun has like a kind of unique way of firing. Like the one you start with is a pistol, and you can aim down sights for like a little bit better of a view, but not much. And he has an ability that is kind of like a uh, like a grenade because he shoots it out of him. It's called his trick hole, and he won't stop telling you that he want, he really wants you to use his trick hole. Anytime it becomes available, it's like, hey, my, my trick hole's available, why don't you use it? Um, that when you shoot it, it's like a big blob, and when it hits enemies, it tosses them up into the air, and you can start shooting them, and it juggles them up in the air, and it's pretty fun. Um, and So each gun's got that. They have a way of, of firing, and then they have a, kind of like a special ability that's attached to them that can be used more throughout the world, um, and not like to solve puzzles, and not just um, for combat. Um, and, but really the start of the show is, is the writing. It is absolutely hilarious. Um, it is, it's very much, it would, it would make sense in the Rick and Morty cinematic universe. Um, especially because you have, I mean, your gun is basically Morty. It's, you know, Justin Roiland's exact voice that he does for Morty. He's not trying to like disguise it or change or anything like your gun sounds like Morty. Um,
0: yeah, the divorce of lawyer sounds kind of like uh, Rick. Yes, and there's and there are <laughs>
2: there's some other characters that sound like Rick also, of course. And like you have a sister in the game, the sister sounds a lot like Summer. It is, you know, it's it's in the Rick and Morty cinematic universe for sure, and. A lot of one of the, I think Justin Rowland said is one of his favorite segments in Rick and Morty is when they do interdimensional cable, because they can basically take whatever stupid ideas they want and just turn it into a joke. And it doesn't have to relate to anything else. A lot of this does feel like a giant bit of interdimensional cable. Um, and it's, it is really that, that comedy aspect, the writing props up everything around it. Um, the gunplay is like I said, it's it's basic. It doesn't blow you away, and if you've ever played the Outer Worlds, Outer Worlds, not the Outer Wilds, which is that like very cool exploring space, like on a planetary level and like going into past and future and all that. That's not, the Outer Worlds was the I think it was Obsidian game that was like what? kind of like uh, like interdimensional Fallout kind of, but the way that yeah. game worked is it was very much like on a stage. Like everything you saw was like being propped up with stilts behind the scenes, and like they tried really hard not to let you notice that. Whereas yeah. in a Fallout, you really are in an open world. Outer Worlds was very much like we're trying to make you believe you're in an open world, but but you yeah, can't very really. much so. And so that's kind of how this game is too. Is that you have these individual? You have like a hub world. Um, they actually your your house gets teleported to an alien planet, and so that's kind of your hub. Is you still have your house? Um, but you can. Thanks, Microsoft Defender, for letting me know you didn't find any threats. That's always Thank good. God. <laughs> what if there were threats? You Sorry. didn't distracted, think about that. Distracted me a little bit. Um, it's like it's like the police showing up to your house, saying, "Hey, just so you know, no one's broken into your house. All right, see you later."
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> we thought you'd like this information.
2: Um, so you have your hub that's kind of built around and you go into these individual levels where your targets are going to be. Um, and so you might be one that's like, um, there's one where it's like an underground type city. And that's where all the training of the bad guys happens. And you're going to take on the, the character that trains all of them. Like that's your mark for that level. Um, And they're all, they're all themed. It's, you know, it's nothing too, nothing you haven't seen before. There's one that's like a fake Western. There's one that's basically just like the (laughs) slums, like kind of like a, uh, like a barrio kind of, it's nothing too inspiring, but all the way through you're meeting new characters and they all have that, like, that disgusting uh, hilarious oh, yeah. ultra ridiculous sense of humor and it seems like something that it would you know how long can this keep being how long can these diarrhea jokes keep being funny and they right. they just keep being funny um it's I, it's it's hard to like so like, when you go into the barrio level there's two doors but the doors are literally just like, They're right next to each other, and you can see they both like lead into the same hallway. Like, there's no reason for there to be two doors there, but there's like some crazy pipe man, like like one blue pipe man, one red pipe man, and they won't let you through until you settle their argument about which one is sexier. And they're literally just like, it's like a blue worm and a red worm. Like, there's and they look exactly the same. (laughs) But they won't let you through until you tell them. And depending on which one you pick, like he'll let you through his door and the other ones like will hate you and like will not let you and like the one I chose um, the other one got all depressed and like miserable and was like talking about like killing himself and all that stuff because you didn't pick that he was the hotter one um, kind of well, let me give you a really extreme that this is I don't know if this is too hot for for TV I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't get cut but there's a point in the game where you have to do pipe puzzles so it'll like say, like, okay, here's the liquid. You have to make it get through. You have to turn the pipes to make it go the right way. And they do that in the level. And then there's like an optional one you can do later where the goal of the pipe puzzle is that there are two friends. And one is up at the top on a toilet, and he wants to poop. And he wants the poop to go down the pipe, and uh, his other friend wants to eat it directly from the pipe. Sure. <laughs> Which is like, if that gives know. you um, any indication... So unfortunately, it's hard to talk about this thing without going like, and here's this joke, and here's this joke,
0: and obviously, you sure. Know, well, it's because what it is, it's what it is. Like you know, it's that rapid rapid fire like Family Guy kind of
2: joke. Absolutely. Stuff. And so, what I can say is that the gunplay is fine. If you're playing this because you want to play a really good shooter, you're just not. It's not going to do anything for you. But it is good enough that it does not bring the writing down.
0: Yeah, that's what I really wanted to ask was how is the gunplay? Because I have not played much of it yet so i don't
2: you know i would say it's just okay the enemies are all very spongy in fact the way their armor works is that they're coated in armor and as you hit them (laughs) the coat kind of goes away and that's how you get through so if you're if you don't shoot them in the same place it's like it's literally showing you this is how spongy we are and there are like a few different enemy types but um and the other thing is that during this whole time your guns are saying ridiculous stuff the enemies you're killing are saying ridiculous stuff. You're you're walking up to random people in the world. They're saying ridiculous stuff. And one of one of my favorite things. I'm playing this game like an absolute psychopath murderer because I figure that's what that's what <laughs> if I had to like be okay being in this environment. I think that's the only way to be able to handle it. And there will be times when you like you go to like shoot someone and the gun won't let you. Like he'll be like, "What are you doing, you psychopath? We don't need to kill everyone." Oh, yeah. But there there are some innocent people that will let you kill which always leads like there's this one where you come up on these guys. I'm going to get, sorry. I know I'm just explaining the jokes story. you come across these guys. It's like eight guys and they're all brothers and they start like bumping into you and being rude to you. And like, these are the ones you can shoot. And if you kill them all, uh, their guns like, yeah, I guess we're free to go about our way now. Like we were before you met these guys. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's really, really good. Um, I'm excited to finish. I think I'm about halfway through.
0: Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it seems... Uh, it, what I've played off it, uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. It's, uh, it's a pretty pretty funny... Yeah, the whole lawyer thing is is great. The story at the beginning, yeah, your wife has left you and she's banging a lot of aliens.
2: And that's the other thing is that the jokes start right away and I'm, I want to say like maybe three or four hours in and they have not stopped. It has been non-stop funny the entire way through. There's no like dramatic interludes there's no like reflecting type stuff even as you go throughout the world even the times when there's not scripted moments there is so much that they have put in that is like incidental dialogue and stuff like that is that it does it just does not stop and a lot of the time with these narrative games like you can go through stretches where it's like oh we ran out of things to write or like you're spending too long in an area if you spend too long in an area in this game It'll the, the, your guns are gonna start yelling. He's like, "What are you taking? Like, what are you taking so long for? Like, what are you doing? Do you need to take a shit? Like, all this stuff. <laughs> like, even like at the start when you first get um, the gun into your hands, if you pause to look at the controls, as soon as you come on pause, it's gonna be, like "Why'd you pause? What are you doing? We need to We need to get on this right now. Why'd you pause the game? And there'll be ones like, sorry, I'm just kind of going on. When you get your suit, your suit talks to you also. And it'll be like, to sprint, uh, use the button on the screen. I can't tell you what it is because I don't know what controller or keyboard you're using or anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, like I said, I've, I've I've enjoyed it so far. And I was kind of a little uh, not sure how I'd feel about it. Um just because, like, I, I don't know, that kind of thing can fall really flat. Um, I would
2: say if you like Rick and Morty, if you like Justin Roiland's other projects, you will like this. Like, I can feel pretty confident that you can. I don't know if it's gonna be worth your money. I'm playing it on Game Pass because I don't know how long it is. But right for me, you know, I'd say at least play it on Game Pass or get it on a system where you can refund it, like Steam. And, you know, you can kind of be the judge yourself. You can, you'll find a lot about if you like this game or not within the first hour for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I have not played any of other Royland's other games though. You? I played, so
2: the Rick and Morty VR game is like, is really, really good. It is one of the early like in the early days of when the oculus rift came out there were maybe like three or four like good games like you would classify as like non-indie like these are like really well put together things that was really good really hilarious he also made uh trover saves the universe which is i would say less rick and morty than than high on life high on life is like really like rick and morty adjacent for sure trover has a lot of the same um comedic style but I would say it's still pretty unique in its own way. Like, you can differentiate between the Rick and Morty universe and Trover. This, there's no, High on Life and Rick and Morty are like like right next, like, sure, they're shoulder to shoulder with each other.
0: I, all
1: right. I played through all of Trover Saves of the Universe and I, I really enjoyed the humor. It was, I think, in maybe a few places, a little blue. Not that I don't like a good, oh, yeah. like, asshole joke, but. Like you can only. Hey, who doesn't? But maybe shoving like twenty of them back to back without, uh, you know, better pacing or timing just wasn't wasn't doing it for me all the time. Would you? say the things in this game? Maybe funnier. Where it's, like,
2: it's exactly is because they do it so much. It's like, it's it's stop. It's like, well, I guess just just you have to make peace with it. Basically, it's not like something where it could be like annoying. And and the other thing that helps is obviously it's all funny it's not it's they're not just making right. a poop joke for the sake of a poop joke they're like i said with the pipe puzzle all you see is that you know you have this big pipe puzzle coming up and it's and the way the characters speak is like oh yeah i really want to do this like it will say like, over and over they're like yep make sure you make sure the the shit goes right into my mouth and they will like keep like <laughs> thinking of different ways to say it over and over and just really i don't know man i am like ultimate like Haha, ha, poop is funny. Like you're an idiot type thing. If you think poop is funny <laughs> and like yeah, this yeah. is, I don't know, man, they, he just has a way of getting this down on the paper where it's, it is hilarious every time.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That dude's really funny and his voices are great. So, uh, yeah, I understand that completely. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. I I look forward to playing some more of it. I might actually stream it. Which, uh, if you are listening to this, you should watch me stream things at twitch.tv slash JV McMaster, bastards. And if not, then uh, wow, let's go kill myself. And anyway, that's like something
2: they would say in the game, but they wouldn't be. doing yeah. like, and this, there's so much incidental dialogue is that I I find myself like <laughs> wanting them to like give me a task and then i wanted to sit there and not do it just so i can hear like what funny thing they're going to say for me like sitting around not doing the task
0: yeah it seems like a, it's just like a lot of work but that dude they, they produce stuff pretty fast
2: absolutely and i mean if you're going to focus on like the the thing your game is strong at is being funny i think that you need to be able to do all this like the incidental dialogue cuz each of your guns has oh, a yeah. voice but for the most part the only one that's going to speak is the one that you have out at the time so if you have three right. guns, they've, in, in theory, recorded three different funny things to say at every point of speech. And, Which there's, is, and there's a this lot. Which is a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking is like, you know, I mean, that's just like an absolute ton of work. It's a writing and then you have to record it. And there are times where you will
2: like, it's very cool. Like we need this to say this at this time because it'll be like one in your backpack starts like talking over a radio. Um, but it's, I also am finding myself making a decision where like the first gun is Morty that like, I think he's the funnier of the guns. So I want to have him out the most as possible, even though I might not think he's the most fun combat wise, which is like, that's a decision you would never have to make in any other game.
0: Sure. Yeah. Your gun's personality. Sure. That's an unusual, that's an unusual decision to have to go through.
1: (laughs) I, I will say I've done that before in, in Borderlands where I've maybe come across a gun that is like particularly shiny or in in Borderlands 3 there was a, a shield that was just always like it was the jealous girlfriend shield and it was I always just like that. chatty and talking to you and it was like at one point not great for what I was going to do but I just wanted that to sort of assault me and my my friends who were playing
0: <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's funny it's it's like a it's such a clever Use of a, a voice and a characterization.
1: For, so, how many? Anything?
0: And that's. Oh, go
1: ahead. I was, I was just going to ask, how many? Do you know how many guns you get uh, throughout the game? Or are you I still could guess, that guess.
2: I could, I've gotten one per level, and I'm three levels in. Well, okay. I, you start with one. You don't get anyone in the first level, and I've played two more levels, and I got one in each. Um, and I think there are four or five more levels. I would be surprised if I got more than five total guns. Actually, you know what? I think it's four. I actually do think it's four because there's the place where you go to buy upgrades is a pawn shop, which has a joke in and of itself that like 99% of the things in the store that you can like hover over to buy, the guy won't sell yeah. you because he likes all of the stuff that he sells, and like in theory <laughs> it's all for sale, but he won't sell any of it to you because he's like a hoarder. Um, there are the shelves where you would go to get upgrades for each individual gun. There are four shelves. So that would be my guess.
0: Yeah, that does seem like it would be indicative, right? Unless they pull something else out. Right. But,
2: yeah, I mean, if there was a game... Fully voiced, it's pretty good. If there's a game that subverts expectations, you know, it would be this one. I would, like, I would not be surprised to at any moment have them delete the whole game and say, hey, this was just a dream. Here's our real video game. Like, there's... (laughs) I don't think there's anything they could do that, like... I wouldn't be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like they could do whatever they want at this point, and I'd I'd go along with it.
0: Right. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, that is super clever. Those guys are very funny. Um, which I mean, he does almost all of the Rick and Morty voices anyway, right? Like, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was I was always wondering how much Dan Harmon was involved, but he probably doesn't voice, does he? I thought
2: he, I, I don't know why I thought he did play a few characters, but I
0: actually don't think he does. Yeah, that's what I I thought it I thought he did too, but that dude's voice is like, yeah.
1: I i reason... mm-hmm. I I was gonna just throw in one more final question, at least from my end, uh, and that was: if I buy this game, will they make Radical Heights too? That is another thing that I will buy every Squanch game or I will play every squanching
2: that comes out because they bought the rights to my favorite Rad-
0: BR of all time, Radical Heights.
1: <sighs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess they did, yeah. And I didn't so, actually play Radical Heights. I, I never, uh, I wasn't, I don't know why. It's I so good. And like, it was a
1: magical time.
0: Looking back at what they did that
2: was like unique, Fortnite specifically has added so much into the game that was like not you un- not necessarily like unique to radical heights but one of the right. things that made it great like radical heights had like climbing and mantling objects which fortnite didn't add until they added the zero build mode um right it's got um the the persistent currency where you would earn money and it would follow you between rounds that you could spend like you could spend a couple games like gathering up 300 bucks and then then your fourth game you go in you could buy a gun worth 300 bucks because you had it saved from previous rounds Hmm.
0: Um, yeah, no, it's exactly like the gold, right? Yeah, yeah it's exactly like the gold uh, um, Yeah, no, that's right, he bought the rights to that what a while back, right? Yes, after Cliffy B gave up on it Yeah, well, that's what he does um, Alright, so that leaves us with one thing left to discuss And that is the Steam Deck uh, I really wasn't planning on getting one, uh, but every year, uh, I have a horrible time telling people what I want for Christmas, because I don't really, no, I don't need anything, you know, a lot of times, if I want something, I just buy it myself, so, uh, yeah, this year, uh, I was like, well, you know what, fine, get me a steam." Dinner. so here we are.
2: Which uh, model Steam did Deck you get? Central.
0: I got the fancy one.
2: The the highest level one?
0: Yeah. With the oh, yeah. etched glass screen? Oh, oh yeah, it's etched. It's so etched. No, it's actually good looking. I haven't seen the other screens, though, so I don't know what they look like.
2: Um. So tell me, what are your initial imp- like? What have you played on it so far?
0: Um, <clears throat>
2: so I've played a little God
0: of War. Um, I've played... Long Dark uh, and uh, Midnight Suns, which I finally got to work. Ah, uh, that's why he's launching it over and over. Yeah, it was just like some weird configuration things. Like you can't turn off DirectX 12, so uh, on the Steam Deck, so I just had to do it via the command line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I went in and um, turned on SSH uh, on the. The Steam Deck, and then connected to it, and uh, made a sim link between a couple of directories so that it would load my games. Uh, because it was not, uh, it was a little, it was screwed up, and it has that stupid launcher. So yeah, I, I had think to turn anything, that off. Anything
2: with an extra launcher is going to mess up the Steam Deck because it's meant to work. Yeah. You launch directly into the game in, in full screen. So I guess you. Yeah. My next question was going to be, how much have you done, kind of behind the scenes in the Linux backend?
0: But it sounds like you've already done quite a bit. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's the thing that I'm happy about is that you can get into the Linux backend, and if you set yourself a password, then you can turn on SSH, which is you know secure shell. And um, once that's on, then I can connect to it directly from my computer and just use command line stuff. So it made it quite a bit easier. Interesting. I'm
2: um, an yeah. I'm an idiot, and so I cannot do that because. Uh, oh, you could. Command line. So, But I have taken the time where I'm using it almost, I would say probably 75 to 80% as an emulation machine. Um, right. I've got it loaded up with everything from NES up till, I would say honestly up through the Switch. I think everything except for Xbox, Xbox 360, and PS3. Every other sure. system I've got available, all the handhelds. Um, you know, think about it, like the 3DS and the Wii U work great. Because guess what, Steam Deck's got a touchscreen, so you can emulate all yeah. that. and it's got the shortcuts, It's got paddles on the back, so that way you can emulate like like you can say so like I want to move this screen here, or for this game I need the, the, the bottom screen to be like a little bit in the corner, but this game I need it to be tiled evenly. There are um, yeah. there's a software um, plugin called Emu Deck where it's a team that has <clears throat> gathered up all of the, the most popular emulators and their settings that are best for the steam deck and put it into one package that you can download and it's kind of you basically open emu deck it opens it downloads and updates all the emulators by itself it sets the settings so it's like ps2 can run at two times the native resolution and if you download the ps2 emulator you can go in the settings and set that all yourself but wow. when you go to emudeck deck it boots up all of those configs for you. Um, it sets up your hotkeys on your controller. Um, it's really plug and play. All you have to do is add your legally acquired games.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, well, that's interesting. And you, do you do that in, uh, do you switch to desktop mode? Desktop assume, mode. And, and it's just, I think it's like MUDec. or whatever. Yeah, it's just MUDec.com. Yeah. Because yeah. it really is just Linux and then the Steam. Steam is just the program, you know? Absolutely, and and, and the they Proton, already had that developed. Yeah,
2: the Proton work through is also pretty good. Um, before EmuDeck was formalized, I probably played with emulation for two to three months before that. Um, yeah. There are a couple of emulators. The Wii U emulator does not have a Linux version, but if you download the mm. exe and ran it through Proton, it worked like pretty flawlessly.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. I was looking through the file structure when I finally, you know, when I got my SSH set up and everything. Uh, and there's uh there's some interesting stuff on there. Um, the way that works, like in every one of the games uh that run specifically on Windows, if you go into a directory called like oh god, compat data, mm-hmm. uh, and then you choose the games like app ID, uh, you'll see that there's like a, a Windows file structure under there, basically. Yeah. So kind of yeah. So that's where it's say like you deal with your save games and everything, which was also the issue with uh like I was saying, Midnight Suns is that since I don't they hadn't really tested it on Steam Deck. So like when I first started, my games weren't loading because they you know, but it said that they were cloud saves were enabled. So I went and I looked, and they were there. It's just uh, some weird uh, like uh, directory path thing. So uh, in Linux you can do something. It's, it's basically a shortcut, but it's a shortcut that looks exactly like a directory. Mm-hmm. And it's like a symlink. A sim so I just took the games from the one directory and I symlinked them to the other, and then it loads fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the DirectX 12 was not, it was not enjoying that it kept crashing. But Absolutely, 12, it seems to be working. And
2: for reference, like a lot of the stuff you're talking about is like very scary to me. I've had I had zero Linux experience up until when I got my Steam Deck, and it oh, I sure. think it took me like maybe a month, two months of working on it every couple of days to get comfortable. But it, sure. I was surprised how quickly I picked up. You know how the file structures work, how um, things oh, yeah. are done. It's um, a lot of it is just you need to discover it over time. You need to learn like what the different permissions levels are. You need to understand oh, yeah. that you know, <laughs> like you can't view the recycle bin by default in the file uh, manager. Oh, no. You have to manually enable the ability to like delete files in the file manager. But when you sl- very oh, yeah. slowly, that stuff all comes together, um, and it's way more intuitive than I thought it would have been.
0: Oh, yeah, and they've done a lot of work on that over the years. Uh, the desktop stuff uh, that Linux does now is all pretty easy to use and pretty straightforward. Um, permissions is always a weird thing uh, at first.
1: You, you get used to it. But, but you just yeah. go in there, you sudo-s, you, you, you <laughs> change mod 777 to everything, and you're good to go, baby.
0: Everything. Yeah, yeah, I, know.
2: yeah I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, guys, I get it. I get the joke. Yeah, I did have to. I didn't have to make the super user password until I actually ran mu Deck for. There's a. Yeah. It comes with an optional program that lets you more closely manage your power settings. So it's called. I think it's called Power Deck or like. Something like that, where you can actually go and you can turn on and off certain cores, and you can set um, the clock speed of your processor and of the graphics card. Which sounds like, well, why would you want to do that? Most of these vintage emulators are built on. Too
0: fast. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's in, but they're mostly set. They're set up for single core systems, and it is the Steam Deck. I think is a four core hyper threaded. core if i if i'm remembering correctly so you can turn off the hyper threading and you can go down to only three cores it even though you're using in theory less computing power everything runs so much more smoothly because that's the architecture the um the emulators are used to going off
0: of right absolutely As uh yeah yeah otherwise i mean speed gets a little confusing for that stuff
2: and and the other thing is that like Number one, MUDec has made it so it's literally plug and play, and there's such an active community that of people who like they don't even use it to play games. They just go in and tinker with what they can do. That if you do have an issue, you just Google it, and almost always you'll find sure. the answer like right away.
0: That is nice when something's popular; uh, it makes it a lot easier. So, when just what is your current wonderful. use case for it? Um, mostly around the house, honestly. Um... But, uh, you know, Sarah and I both will use it. And she uh, she loves the long dark and stuff like that. So, you know, it would be cool. Some laying bed or do whatever.
2: See, I'll take it to work with me. And if I... Um, some days, like, on, on my breaks, I will go and I'll, I'll do so and I'll drive across town. And sometimes I just hang out at my desk and, and take, a, take a load off at work for a little bit. Or on those days, okay. I do... Like, today I played some some need for speed. What did I play? I played need for speed most wanted today on my break. And I just loaded it up, you know, loaded up the emulator started it. You know, I played through, you know, uh, like three or four races. I s- decided I was done, made a save state and then saved the game on top of it, put it to sleep. And I know tomorrow I can hmm. open it up. It's going to immediately be on the game. I can keep going.
0: That's awesome. Um, there's a new need for speed.
2: There is. It's PS5 exclusive, which is crazy. Oh, I think it's on Epic actually. Oh, I was trusting Wikipedia. Oh, you liar, Wikipedia. Got him. I edited that right now. It's on. everything. Unbound. Okay, yeah. It's the one about crypto.
0: Finally. Ah, uh, God! Thank God. No, we, I don't. I don't think it's actually about
2: crypto. It is. That would let be me awesome. the this. The uh, picture description on Wikipedia is cover art featuring ASAP Rocky's modified Mercedes-Benz 190E 2.516. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, I'm sure I'm Rocky, saying yeah. it as, like, a
0: really lame way, but <laughs>
2: like, I'm, not a car,
0: I'm not a car guy. I'm not a car guy either. Uh I was hoping you'd be able to crash into stuff in this one or something that's that's the only car game I ever really liked was the crashing kind
2: Oh I destroyed the fun thing about oh, now we're in retro game podcast, but the fun thing about um hoppers was it most wanted I said most wanted is that you do have the cop car chase segments. And it's, like, oh, all yeah. the cars are, like, you know, reasonable. Like, you can crash into a car, like, a little bit. It's not going to damage it. You can trade paint. You're not going to, like, go flying off the course. All of yeah. the cop cars basically have those um ignition packs that they put in the, the stunt cars for movies. Where if you tap one, it goes flying. It blows up. They're, they're basically designed. They're just in the world for you to
0: destroy. Oh, yeah. No, I love that shit. I love smashing stuff, man. I never understood why they stopped making those... Uh those games it wasn't um project gotham was was it what the hell which one was it that had crash the crash mode in it that was burnout i think burnout Uh, Three, i think it was
2: so i know for some of the games i think this might have only been gran turismo i can't remember i remember hearing like the rumor i was like well if you put too much crashing in your game then these car companies won't license out to you because they don't want their cars to be destroyed
0: that was very much gran turismo's reason Yes, they, uh, oh, we don't, we don't do damage because they don't want us to have their cars get wrecked.
2: Right. Meanwhile, I'm playing, you know, most wanted. and it starts you off in this, this decked out BMW, you're smashing
0: all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, sometimes I think Gran Turismo, they just didn't know how to, so (laughs) they're like, yeah, it's a
1: technical thing. Um. So, Nick, you have a Steam Deck, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I think I might be the only person in the world who was underwhelmed by what the Steam Deck was doing for me. Oh, I, uh, well, do, do tell. Tell oh, me man. more. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm very familiar with Linux, so I was able to also just, like, jump into it, get SSH set up, drop in ROMs, run MU Deck, and I was like, okay, now I can play every game that I could play in bed, like, on a on a handheld. And I think I told Zach maybe a week afterwards, it's like, I'm, I'm running open EMU on my MacBook. I can already do that. My laptop's already right there in bed. Yeah. Um, so it was, really wasn't doing emulation in a way that was new for me. And I sort I loaded up some of my like random clicker games, and none of them had, uh, like, had good deck supports. Like it was, oh, you know, you can treat this like a mouse and a keyboard. And it just never felt great essentially using it in like desktop mode or whatever you want to call it when it's not really optimized for for the Steam Deck, optimized for controllers. Mm -hmm. So I I just loaded up a couple games like that and then was just like, "Mm, it doesn't feel great. And emulation wasn't what I wanted to do on it. And I, I think I only had fun with one game, and that was Vampire Survivors. That was a blast to play on the steam deck so i could imagine i could imagine like finding a handful of games like that and just going to town on them but i just i started like in the first two to three weeks i use it so infrequently i ended up just giving it to my my wife and i'm like here do you do you want a steam deck so now she has a lightly used steam deck and she she will use it every night playing some like baseball games on it she'll do vampire survivors She loaded up Dwarf Fortress on it. The that's what night. I was gonna say. You better tell us about Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, so I, I don't know a lot about it, believe it or not. I'm just oh. not I wasn't big into PC games when I was younger. Oh. Uh, I love Dwarf Fortress. But she was like really excited by it. We I bought it for her. She loaded it up. Uh it's it seems relatively playable. Uh I think she learned a few more shortcuts uh than than when we were just messing around with it for the first time, but it, it looked like she had to go into sort of the system keyboard to like, Oh yeah. Do some dwarf fortress specific key press to like zoom in here or pan here. Oh, yeah. But it, that's
0: it, the thing like, <laughs> that I can't imagine. <laughs> like, Oh my
1: God. Yeah. It looks yeah, like a lot of it got managed to hotkeys. Uh, and she was just like slowly figuring those out. And also it has some touchscreen support. So some like moving around yeah. with the, with the, the controller wow. and touching the, the display was doing doing stuff pretty quickly for towards the end. See, when
2: That's I awesome. saw that the way you build a bed in that game is you type BFB, I was like, "Man, I understand the, the <laughs> UI is supposed
0: to make it easier." I uh, I'm still too dumb for this. Oh, it takes a while to get that. That's one of those games where you just have to like
2: not be so stupid, unfortunately,
0: like to, or like well, you have to like schedule time or something. <laughs> You know, that's what i did with it it's like or it's like my, my approach to games like that is always the same uh difficult games i, I set like a small goal for myself and then it, I, I just don't care what happens as long as i reach that goal or at least get better at it I do that over and over it's like you know the same thing you can do with like RimWorld and stuff like that but door fortress is just like so intensely crazy well, if you right. showed like the average person Rimworld, they would be like,
2: "Whoa, that's a super intense game." There's so many systems; like, it seems so, <laughs> it seems so hard. Like, but am I am I right though that if you were just like if you were showing someone they didn't know what Door Fortress was, if you just showed them Rimworld, I mean, that, yeah. it's a pretty yeah. intense game, right? Right. And yeah. then you find out and- that Rimworld is just like baby's first Door Fortress. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the levels to this is is ridiculous.
0: Well, that's the thing with Dwarf Fortress, is it's trying to be a whole world simulation, so it's like multiple levels, and it does physics and stuff like that on certain things. Or, no, or is it, yeah, it does physics, but is it Newtonian? I don't know, I don't know. I can't remember,
2: Not, no but... one knows. Even the people who made it don't know. So hopefully <laughs> not. Yeah, but
1: I think Dwarf Fortress is a great place in history, and I like seeing people enjoy it and do cool things. But when I think about how I want to play a game, that's just not it for me either, Zach. And it's not because I'm not big brained enough. It just I I see that, and I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like a lot of fun to me.
2: I do see the appeal of it, though. I I think. Oh yeah, that... it's
0: giant management so, exactly. You know. I mean, there's a,
2: I get joy out of, you know, I've got a bunch of sports cards. I get every once in a while, I just get the, the need to like, I just want to go sort them. I want to go. And it's like, this is stupid. I'm using my brain power for nothing. But, you know, I think it is sometimes that like creating a little bit of work for yourself adds a little bit more fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I don't know for me, I, I love learning stuff and I I love seeing crazy simulations. So I'll, I'll always be into stuff like that. Um, But yeah, no, that game is nuts. I'm actually looking forward to playing it some more. I've bought it. I just haven't really wanted to sit down and see what's different in the Steam version. I already, I still remember how to play. I just can't. I don't know. It's just one of those things where if I play Dwarf Fortress, I play Dwarf Fortress.
2: Well, and the issue also is that it's one of those things where it's like the Homer Simpson's like perfect car type thing, where the guy who I've seen him say like. Yeah, well, uh, I decided I wanted to put this system into the game, so I put it in. And it says, like, he just keeps doing this thing where it's like he keeps oh, yeah. deciding he wants to make something, just putting it in the game. And it's like, how how long can you do that? Like, how many decades more can you do this before you yeah, tie it, on has, it
0: It has been two so far. Almost two decades, at least. Those guys are fucking nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, they have, like,. Dwarf Fortress has, like, all sorts of shit in it, too. Like, uh, you know, you can play as an adventurer. It's like, has a mud, you know, that you can go through your old bases and stuff on. Uh, it's just, the game's just crazy. Um, well, yeah. Well, that was... Uh, I think we've had a pretty good discussion tonight. I, uh, I don't really remember what Nick talked about. Um, we were too busy doing kidding. co-op Midnight Sons. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We <laughs> were tag-teaming co-ops. Yeah, Midnight Suns would be badass. Um, I always play as, uh, as Blade, It's nice spirit animal.
2: I was tongue-kissing... Uh, what's one of the characters in that game?
0: <laughs> Wolverine.
2: I was tongue-kissing Wolverine. <laughs>
0: Hell yeah.
2: We went out, went out to our third date at the Red Lobster.
0: <laughs> I wish Red Lobster had sponsored Midnight Suns and there were Red Lobsters in the game. That would be the best. <laughs> God, um, but no. I guess uh, it's a pretty good time to wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining me tonight. I uh, had a good time. We will be back next week, and uh, we'll talk about games and stuff. One more week before Christmas, so God knows what kind of excitement there will be. But uh, you know, check us out. Uh, you know, if you know people that. Don't listen to good things. Tell them to listen to this, because this is a good thing. Say, yeah. All right. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a great time.